Hi, Lothario de la Pulga here. <laughs> Just kidding. It's me, Salvador Viesca. I tried to trick you. I know you can tell the difference between my voice and my distinct character voice for Lothario. For instance, here's Lothario saying the line to his mom. Mama, stop hitting me with that chancla. Okay, now here's Sal talking to his mom. Mama, stop hitting me with that chancla. I'm trying to record a podcast. I'm just kidding, that was Lothario. I keep trying to trick you, but really there's no difference. No difference at all. If you want to make a real difference to us as listeners of the show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. Check us out on our Patreon for bonus content and follow us on Awful D&D on all social media. Um, just, just give us five stars, everybody. Foolish mortals, do awful, neutral. Welcome back, awful neutralities. Neutroniums, are you neuters or possibly affiliates? Oh, affiliates. Affiliates is good. Whatever we should call you, uh, beloved fans, thank you for joining us. We have a brand new adventure for you with which you may stuff your potholes. I will be your Damien master for this adventure. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Clint Beicher. You may know me as Artificarian, or possibly as Chaz Montgomery. We had a bit of fun and rolled at random the details of our characters for this new adventure. So with us today, we have some of our favorite and most available cast members <laughs> for your listening enjoyment. Starting with Dave Callens as... Ah, rock the stalk, see? I'm a fighter. The beloved Jesse Egan as... Hey, bada bingsley over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, describe bada bingsley for us. He's, uh, a, he's a tiny, tiny minotaur. He's like uh, <laughs> he's, a t- he's like if Dave Wright had horns. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us Damien Mercado as... I'm Caradactyl, y'all. I'm a fallen Asimov rogue. Who's as thick as I am sharp and deceitful. <laughs> we got a thick ass in our folks, stealing our hearts as well as our wallets. <laughs> but we also have joining us our favorite, Caleb Cleveland, the ever so talented, playing a mystery character whose name I will not divulge at this time. It's Gog Holskin, y'all. <laughs> it's Gog. God damn it, it's not... Man, let me sneak off for a little side adventure. damn it. I feel like that was code for I haven't thought of a name yet. Would you... I have thought of a name, and it's great. It's the best name. It's tremendous. It's the best name. I hope you get to play all the dads again, because that's my favorite thing, is that how all of your dad characters morph into gonk during the course of uh. their dialogue. I'm just... I will get all your dads. I will get them You're all. you shit on them. And I will shit on them. It really does tie together. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> D- dad shitting, top of the list. Shitting on fathers is the main skill. It won't happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but one day and one day soon, I will find your dad and I will shit on them. 
Good luck. Caleb's a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> people who don't want their dads pooped on. We've lost all our listeners. Well, to start this adventure, we're going to need a name for our little town that we're in. What should the name of this sleepy little town be? Sewerton. <laughs> Sounds nice. Love Crapsburg. Clapsburg? Crapsburg. You are, you are doing like the Disney kids song version of everything I say. <laughs> Lower Crotch. We live over in Crotchton. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, well, actually, that works better. Crotchton? Yeah. Crotchton. We're known Crotchton. for our crotches in Crotchburg. Crotchburg. Is it Crotchburg or Crotchton? East Crotchton. They got crotches for days over there. It's probably South Crotchton. Just a a little bit north of Tanksville. (laughs) There it is. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is go into Lower Crotchton. (laughs) This new adventure starts in a sleepy little town by the name of Crotchton. Just north of Taintsville. We're adults. Yes. From a bird's eye view, we see a rundown log mill. What appears to be a few destroyed buildings. And look at that. A disused church with ivy climbing all over its remaining skeleton. And as we descend closer to the town, we start to see a little bit of life, including street vendors and grifters, as well as some children at play. Narrowing in on his destination, Rourke the Stork Aracocra touches down in front of the Bitter Basilisk, a well-known establishment of ill repute, the perfect place to seek work with his flying fighter style. Yeah, that's right, I can fly, see? I can fly. Rourke the stork busts open the doors of the bitter basilisk, his home away from home, and finds a stool at the bar. Hey there, Rourke, what can I get you? Yeah, give me a pint of owl bear milk. Owl bear milk. Owlbear milk it is, coming right at you as usual, Rock. Alright, alright. And it's just at that time that the legendary, towering, five foot six tall Minotaur Bard, Bada Bingsley, busts in with a bounty in his hand. Oh! Got a bounty over A. Are you seriously doing Andrew Dice Clay? Is that going to be your goddamn voice? Uh, I didn't realize that's who it was. Hickory dickory uh, duck. Hickory dickory duck. I got a freaking bounty on this cuck. Good oh. Lord. <laughs> Who's going to take this bounty? Uh, so, yes, he has a sizable bounty. Uh, the threat level on this bounty is quite high. He cannot possibly take this bounty down on his own, and he is also seeking some advice. Some inside intel from a known acquaintance by the name of Kara Dactyl. In the back room of the Bitter Basilisk, she's doing her regular roguish things, counting her stolen monies. One, two, Three, just three. Damn. Slow day. 
<laughs> it's been a slow day. She's needing a little bit extra funds. She's got plans. She's she's got some desires on her mind. Bada Bingsley, you're seeking some extra help. Do I know the Aracocra that's in the bar? Um, as that's well, to or? that's to be determined. We'll see in just a moment. You do, however, come in loudly talking about a bounty and asking for the location of Kara. Oh, I'm not good at being secretive over here. Uh, well, I can tell you that. You never listen to a thing I say, sugar. Of course. <laughs> nice looking glass of owl bear milk you got there, mister. Hey, thanks, man. Well, how you doing there, Touch? Uh, doing great. Have a seat there, buddy. Hey, it's good to see you again. Word on the street is you got a bounty on you're looking for. That's the word. It's because I've been yelling it out loud quite a bit on yeah, the street. Yeah. Forgot to say, I left out that I heard it from you screaming <laughs> on the street. One of my weaknesses is no internal monologue. Yeah, it was uh, difficult to sleep with you screaming on the street in the morning. It's quite rude, y'all. Some of us have long nights. Most of my bounties get a good long head start because of my uh, poor ability to uh, maintain a lower volume. So listen, here's the deal. Uh, I got this bounty here. I'm looking mm-hmm. for... Uh, Pubert T. Burbertson. All right. I'm looking for, uh, and this is a mouthful, Pubert T. Burbertson is the name of, uh, of the character. Have you seen or have you hit uh, puberty? I've heard about him. He's uh, some sort of paladin or something, some sort of uh, fallen warrior light, something like that. No, you, you're going to need a, quite a posse. I don't know if you and me would be enough. Mm. Hey, I couldn't help over here, you guys. Need some help tracking down a bounty. Well, come on hey, over here, tall drink of water. Hey, come sit down. I'm glad we all talk like this here. Look, <laughs> you look like a stork with a lot of uh, capabilities. I want to buy you, a pickle uh... from you. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's dill. I don't go for that <laughs> bread and butter shit. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Vlasic, we're going to need some help. We might even need another another member to this uh, posse. When uh, when when they were asking if we need more people, I just could I kept picturing the scene in Ocean's Eleven with uh, Clooney and Pip. You want anything? We need one more guy. We need one more guy. Right, totally. We'll get one more guy. That's us right now. Oh, right? uh, so what would we know about? Like, I, I revealed that I knew he was a paladin, but what else yeah. would we know about this uh, Pubert? You know that uh, he's entwined with a seedy underground cult. You're not quite sure exactly what business they're taking part in, but you do know their location. It's beyond the waterfalls. At the end of a canyon, there's a secret entrance to an underground lair. All of us would know this? Uh, just just you know this uh, amount of information. Well, I'm glad you decided to come to good old Caradactyl, because I happen to know where to track down this powder folk. Oh, that's good news. Uh, here, look, uh, <clears throat> I brought this map of the area here. This is uh, this is our entire town here of uh, Crotchton. If you could point out on the crotch exactly where we need to go. It's literally just like a drawing of a box that says Crotchton. <laughs> 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 It's just a square. It's going to be right over here beyond the waterfall. There's going to be a... We know he's affiliated. I personally know, and I've heard from the grapevine, but he's affiliated with a group of 'er ne'er-do-wells, and that camp can be found uh, right here, and I point to it on the map. But what's your name, sir? And I look over at Rourke. Oh, the name's Rourke. Rourke the Stark, see? Now, are you suggesting that we go chasing waterfalls? (laughs) I would never suggest such a thing. God damn it. (laughs) 
You just stick to those rivers and streams, baby. The ones you're used to. God, son of a... I can't believe... I wink at him with my left eye. Well, we just got a creep. (laughs) Listen, this is all great banter. And, uh... I, for some reason, I'm starting to talk a little bit like Gertrude. Listen. (laughs) We... Oh, you know Gertrude, eh? Yeah, she's one Great of chick. she's one of these Naya do wells. You know they do well, Naya. What if uh, one day you're the bounty hunter that brought in Gertrude when she did her time? <laughs> oh man, because she's been around for a while. So seven uh, degrees yeah. of Gertrude. That's right. Are <laughs> uh, you talking about my ex-wife, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, listen. We got to get our supplies together. We got to uh, we got to head down here past the waterfall. And uh, maybe we can ambush him. Who knows? Are you uh, going to be following us, Mr. Rourke? Oh, you get an equal cut of this bounty, Mr. Rourke. Sounds good to me. I think you're going to need a fighter. A, a bounty this size. Yeah, it's probably true because uh, I'm a bounty hunter and all I can do is friggin' sing. <laughs> but you should hear me do Dean Martin. Oh, all right. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, his voice is so good. I just want to turn myself in. <laughs> Silver tongue. We're going to take on a paladin and we... What kind, I don't know what kind of equipment you guys have, but I have, like, a dagger, a guitar. Let's not forget, you also <laughs> got some magic, sweetheart. Them powerful words of yours carry magic. This might work out pretty well. I have a guitar tuner, so I think we're going to team up pretty well here. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's 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 do this. I'm going to inspire you guys to kick his ass. <laughs> Something to note, Dave, as work, the stork is an Aarakocra. They have a walking speed of 25 feet, but they have a flying speed of 50 feet. Dude, color me jealous. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm afraid of heights, so it kind of works against me. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. My mother pushed me out of a tree one time. Traumatized. (laughs) One time. Never forgave her. (laughs) So this foolhardy group... Of adventurers seek out their bounty of this Yon T pure blood paladin, this snake man evil paladin associated with an evil cult. They are heading down a lovely path surrounded by three waterfalls. Path is lovely, y'all. Eh, it's seen lovelier. It's a humid day. It's jungle atmosphere that we're Ooh, in. It is humid in here. Oh, I'm like I'm back home down south. I'm schwitzing like a ham. Maybe I should fly ahead and take a look. Kara pulls out like a hand fan that's made of lace, black lace, and starts fanning herself. <laughs> so it's made of lace, so it doesn't actually function. <laughs> it's meant to be seductive, y'all. I'm using what I got. There's a lot of holes in that fan. I sing a cooling song. <laughs> All right, go for it. Sing that song. Oh, okay. You're as cold um, as ice. <laughs> Thank you. Willing to sacrifice my love. And then I pigeon walk. And I was hoping you go ice, ice, baby. That'll be the next one. I don't know if this is working, but uh, I feel cool. We leave Bada Bingsley singing to his new associates, trying to keep them cool in this jungle heat. And we cut to... A robed figure exiting out a secret cave entrance. As he exits, he pulls out a note, pre-handwritten, that says, Abort, abort, send help now. Code Vermilion. Crotchton and Taintsville are in grave immediate danger. Field Agent Pyth will be waiting at Extraction Point Zero, post-haste. 
rolls it up, ties it to a carrier pigeon that lands nearby, and sends it off. As soon as the pigeon flies away, he skulks back into the cave, hoping that his actions have gone unnoticed. Okay, where are we at now? You're still at the in the waterfalls. Can I play Jungle Boogie for them while we're in the jungle? Just <laughs> absolutely. Just in the background, a little cool in the gang, a little Jungle Boogie. Jungle Boogie. It's starting to approach nightfall as fog takes hold of the area. Jungle Boogie. It's getting hard to see. Hey, uh, Roar. Can you get a better view from Pat? Yeah, let me fly up here and see uh, if I can see anything better. Now, Rourke actually is afraid of heights. He only flies like five feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but it's foggy, so we can't see. Yeah. Rourke, what do you see up there, big guy? Hey, uh, you know what? I don't see much up here either. You don't sound like you're that far away, but it's hard to see to confirm. Um, at this point, <laughs> I'm going to ask you all, including our... Caleb Cleveland mystery character to go ahead and roll perception checks. Perception. Ah. Rourke, roll the four. Rourke is so busy avoiding his fear of five feet off the ground that he does not see a single damn thing. Hey, I do not have a fear of five feet off the ground. It's above five feet that scares me. Okay, okay. The mere concept of flying above five feet off the ground inhibits Rourke the Stork's ability to perceive anything. He rolls a natural one, and he thinks that absolutely everything is clear and ready to go. Caradactyl is not doing much better. Rolling a seven. Doesn't see much beyond the bushes in front. So I rolled a ten. Bada Bingsley rolls a ten and can see a cave up ahead of this canyon pathway. He sees it open, and there's a, a man, or some sort of humanoid, dressed in robes <laughs> in the pathway. Gang, I, I see a robed caveman up ahead. I may have summarized that too much. Yeah, let's go check it out. Caleb, you see a party of three people. This might be the help that you just asked for, which would be amazing. You're seeking some assistance, and this may be the very crew that you're seeking. Caleb's like, this is the help I've needed. Ah, perfect. Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, the the robed figure sort of like peers out from the uh, from the cave <laughs> where he's sort of skulking. Skulking, is that an appropriate term there, Clint? Yes. And uh, mm. he kind of like, when he sees uh, the... God, we're all like friggin' animal people, aren't we? When he sees his fellow Zootopians, he like gives a little, uh, little friendly wave, looks around, you know, sort of suspiciously, and then uh, sort of like encourages them to come closer. Bada Bingsley, Rourke, and Kara, to your surprise, you see someone waving to you, kind of addressing you to come forward and in a friendly manner, which is. A little confusing. People so friendly around these parts. Mm, watch out, though. <laughs> ho, ho there. Ho, ho, ho there. Uh, hail and well met, uh, you, you robed figure. The name's Bada, and uh, these are my pals. Introduce yourselves. Not like I forgot your names or nothing. My name's Kara. Nice to meet you. Hey, my name's Rock. Rock the Stark. 
Yes, and uh, who may you be, and uh, where are you beckoning us? Uh, the hooded figure walks uh, sort of like very suspiciously, like pumping his hands, sort of like getting them trying to, you know, uh, speak a little bit more quietly. Uh, again, sort of furtively checking over his shoulder, and when he uh, runs over to them, he takes off his hood, uh, revealing a humanoid head, but with definite serpentine features. And um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, shit. Uh, oh, Kara tackles him. Go for it. Oh. Kara sees that he's a yontee and just as a flying tackle, I got him, y'all, I got him! In fact, yes, uh, this looks exactly like the depiction of Pubert T. Berbertson, but it's very confusing because he's waving you in and addressing you kindly and friendly as if he expected you somehow. Hey, Bada, this might be the easiest bounty we ever collected. I am already regretting sharing it with you twos. Hey, uh, would you happen to be, uh, Pubert? Why, yes. My name is what? And then he gets friggin' tackled by what's what's her name? Kara, Caradactyl. All right. Kara and, as known now, Pubert, go ahead and roll uh, opposing athletics checks. Athletics. Okay. Kara comes in, although this yon chunky paladin frame looks imposing. Kara runs full steam ahead and tackles him with ferocity. Just takes him straight down to the ground. I got them child-bearing hips. <laughs> you also got those linebacker hips. Nice job. This thick Asimar pins this Yanti paladin. I got him, guys. I need your help. I used to wrestle hogs back home. This ain't nothing. By the way, I didn't even check. I just saw Young T. This is the right guy. I'm not just being racist, y'all. This is him, right? I mean, he just said his name was Pubert. There can't be more than one Pubert, can there? In the whole world, who would name the kid Pubert twice? Oh, then start kicking him while I'm holding him. I've met a Pubert before. I didn't say my name. Now, Caleb, when they say Pubert, you realize that they couldn't be the people coming to help you because they would know you by a different name. What do you do? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes, you got me. Pubert, Pubert T. Bubbertson. That's absolutely my name. Uh, and my uh, goodness, uh, uh, you absolutely took me down to the ground like that. I've seen thick thighs save lives, but yours can take lives. Oh, sweet talking ain't gonna get me to loosen my grip. Yeah, you hold them down there. Listen, Pubert. Oh, abs- I the, believe me, the last thing I would want to do is to uh, engage you in uh, martial combat. Uh, Pubert, are you aware that uh, you are wanted to... Uh for a particular set of crimes that are listed here upon this scroll, which my associate, Rock, will now read to you. <laughs> crimes? <laughs> hey, what language is this written in? I can't read it. Well, nevertheless, you want it for a lot of stuff. We're going to take you in, see? Ah, a very large bounty, I guess? The largest. Is that what you are planning to take me in for? None of us can read, all right? But look... <laughs> We know money. We got dollar signs in our eyes. Can you, uh... Well, I can read. Let me help you... Let me help you decipher that, uh... That, uh... Pesky bounty that you have. Oh, wow. This is a big bounty. Thank you for handing it to me. That's not as big as you might think. You look with your eyes now, with your snake hands. Oh, certainly. All right, look, you Slytherin bastard. We got to take you in, okay? You're, uh, you, you, you want it. 
And uh, so, on your feet, we got a mosey. Come on, y'all. Well, if you say so, or law and order every time, uh, that's me. But uh, if I may, for a moment, uh, appeal to your better nature, I have something that you might want to know before you take me in. I'm actually a good guy, he says, smiling as a snake would with like his mouth open from the side, kind of more eelish. Bada Bangsley, do, do your bounties always say something like this? Listen, I heard so many things. Once you hit somebody with that bam mace, they, <laughs> they, they always accept Jesus at that point. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I heard this before. I'm not impressed. Do you have a mace in the shape of a bear? I used to, but I left it with my wife. It's a long story. Listen. That sounds <laughs> tragic. Huh? Do you have any proof? Uh, because, you know, normally we don't, uh, you know, just take the word of a snake. I find a lot of our language towards these Yanti people seem to be problematic. I'm, I'm starting to get rethink a lot of my preconceived notions about their people. It's weird that, like, you know, uh, a bounty hunter with a mullet would be racist. But <laughs> here we are, you know. <laughs> the last thing I would do is judge you by your appearance. But believe me, I'm with you guys. He, with that, he sort of reaches underneath his uh, robes uh, and slowly fishes out uh, a holy symbol. I'm gonna do an insight check. Hmm. Does that? Yeah. Does that mean anything to us? What am I looking at, y'all? That that's shiny. Is it made of gold? Am I am I my robe senses tingling? It's uh, no. I just got it. It's uh, it's artisanal wood. I bought it off of Etsy. Oh. Seems a bit rustic. Might resell with a hipster. Is that supposed to impress us? Is that what is that? How much? How much that worth? It's a symbol of my deity. Hmm. Huh. I'll tell you what. The symbol of our deity is a dollar sign. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, the surface of this holy symbol changes from that of an evil fiend face to that of a kind and benevolent deity. An illusion has been turned off for you to see the truth. Well, you look at that. Can I make a perception check of some kind to see if that moves me in any way? Um, you can do a, an investigation I check. <laughs> I rolled a 25. Holy crap. Alright, with that natural 20 adding up to a 25, Bada Bingsley sees that indeed this holy symbol which at first may lead you to believe they're truly evil paladin uh, reveals itself to be that of of good nature and you're able to tell that it is not an illusion being placed upon the item but rather removed is this holy symbol in disguise only or is he also in disguise does he reveal anything else or just the holy symbol changes and and I and I know that he's telling the truth about that. No, I'm straight up a yon tea dog. I happen to be 100% pure blood yon tea. But I also worship Shantia, who is the goddess of fertility, spring, and arts and crafts. Uh, what, why are you. Why, I'm confused. Why the hell are you wanted for all these crimes? At this point, the ground quakes and shimmers, and there's oh, nah. a low hum released and surges through your bones. 
Oh, this ain't bad at all. That has a lot to do with it. I quickly go on Facebook and, and write, did anybody feel that earthquake? What's next door have to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the ground is erupting underneath us? Uh, not erupting. There was just a surge of an earthquake that uh, quaked through your bodies, and there's a low, deep tone. It's not a big deal. This is the fantasy Simi Valley. It's This is like a 2.5. I feel like we should harmonize with the <laughs> hum and do like a little barbershop quartet. <laughs> That earthquake is one of the reasons why I'm here. I need help. My, the uh, the seedy underground cult that I have uh, penetrated is uh, wor- worshipping an evil spirit, and they are looking to uh, bring it forth into this material plane. We must stop it. Hmm. I was looking for help. Well, not for nothing, but we're not being paid to, to stop this yeah, earthquake. I mean, we're, uh, we're being paid to you bring know, you who's, in. Who's, uh... Who's going to foot the bill, you know? Oh, uh, well, there's everything you can find inside the uh, cult area. It's, I mean, it's underground. So, I mean, there's going to be, like, rocks. Insight check? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can do an insight check. Guy, I rolled a four. Guys, I think he's on the level. I rolled a 16. All right. There's probably rocks in there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Would I lie? Rocks, I we, love rocks. Here's the thing. You found our weakness. Rocks, we love them. We just can't, <laughs> We can't really live without them. So <laughs> if you pledge to help us collect some of these rocks, I, I guess we will let you temporarily stay your uh, bounty hood. And uh, maybe we'll help you out with this deity thing. He, uh, How many of your uh, bounties get away by offering you rocks? Just bottom, just by chance, Bada. You want me to bottom line it? Uh, <laughs> every single one, if they know what's good for them. If they have rocks, I uh, they got a hundred percent release rate uh, from. You think Obata. that's why you're still level one? I I have been level one for twenty five years, and uh, I'm sick of level one. I'm uh, I'm in my fifties. Well, then let's take this bounty in and get you to level two. He loves two. rock. That's why he's a bard. Oh. <laughs> exactly. I'm a bard. I love rock. I, I'm, uh, I got a little side thing. Now, do you really love rock? You're just saying you love rock because you I'm see it here in the room. I'm also into geology on the side. All right. Pubert uh, pulls forth his uh, long sort of serpentine scimitar, uh, puts the point into the ground and says, uh, I give you my solemn oath. If by your life or by your death you can save me, you will. That's not... All right. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, hey, uh, what was that second part? What was that? Lord of the Rings? All right. Let's move forward. I hear there's rocks down there. Come on. Rocks are calling. All right. I uh, lead them into the uh, cult lair. Hold on. Let me let me just blend into the shadows. I, I have this uh, ability to become one with the darkness. Ooh. Unfor- uh, but I rolled a six. Unf- it doesn't seem to be working right now, though. Can, can you see me in this shadow? I can see you. Can you yes, see you're me? right there. You're right in front of me. Practice makes perfect. It's a lot like when Rourke flew like two feet away. <laughs> yes. As soon as you get in past the cave entrance, you see a massive room with vaulted ceilings. You are all surprised that this structure in this mountainside exists. None of your characters had any knowledge that within this cave 
was hidden an elaborate carved church with ominous red lighting. Uh, within, you can see several robed figures as well as a priestess at the other end of a long hall. Hmm. Guys, I think we should come back when we're level three. I know. Hey, listen, Pubert, uh, so <laughs> I'll always love that name. You uh, <clears throat> you infiltrated this place, huh? You penetrated it, as you said. What? Uh, That's right. I penetrated it deeply with my serpentine okay. abilities. Uh, what's the story with these guys? They are all uh, chanting, and it's in the middle of their formation, there's a pulsing gathering amount of energy that's flicking and shooting off shards of light gleaming glinting bouncing off the walls pubert what are they the doing what's slowly shaking what is going on here pubert what what's happening i uh, pubert like puts a scaly hand over um bada bingsley's mouth and said have you never seen an episode of buffy <laughs> <laughs> they're freaking summoning a demon oh my god we have to stop them. What are we supposed to do against these? How do we stop them? Any ideas? You're the paladin. At this point, you gain the attention of the head priest. Pubert? Is that you? Have you come against us? <laughs> All right, just, just shut up and follow my name. Yes, your eminence. It's too late to stop us now, you imbecile. You can never overcome the great lord. All right, well, let's just go then. <laughs> Acolytes, attack! <laughs> yeah, what we got here sooner? <laughs> so at this point, go ahead and uh, roll okay. initiatives. Awesome. Uh, Pubert, like, throws his uh, dark robe aside, revealing, like, a... Uh, 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 the vestments of a paladin and says, You shall tremble before the powers of the goddess of arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your boy rolled a dirty 20. Yeah, I've been picking up the slack for you, Jess. I'm rolling low on all this stuff. So, normal? Jesus. All right, with initiative set, let's get down to business. It's at this point when four robed figures stop mumbling. And turn to you. As they do, arcane runes lift off the ground and coalesce into a pulsing portal not quite stable, with an ominous, great winged fiend flickering in and out of existence, waiting to be released. Man, I was hoping he was going to say there's a pulsing bass beat. <laughs> <laughs> You see uh, a bunch of robed figures turn their attention towards you, start to come racing at you, and Rourke, you have the first move. Use your wings and fly up and fight that creature up there. Yeah, I'm going to fly at, like, just two feet off the ground. <laughs> Aren't you hiding, like, in the shadows or whatever, Rourke? No, I failed. <laughs> uh, how far are these? How far away? Rourke, you're about uh, 40 feet away from the nearest robed figure. Can I fly, again, just like two feet off the ground, fly at him and attack uh, two swords? Oh, he flies up. Flies up to attack yeah. that fucker. Rourke, the flying stork, Aracorcra, 
flies up and swings twice with his log swords at this diminutive robed figure. 21. Hang on. Uh, so as I fly to attack, ah, take that, see? <laughs> yeah. uh, surprisingly, even a 10 hits. So between the two hits, you with ease take this guy all the way down. You chop him down. You knock him in Ooh. half. You knocked his block off. <laughs> yeah, chop, chop. <laughs> so I did as I flew as I flew at him. Uh, uh, I, I swung down with the right hand, like slashing across his body, and then sensing that he was at death's door from that first attack, I did a badass little spin move, backhand swing the sword and beheaded. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, sure if that guy wasn't lying about these being the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Rock! Oh, boy. Uh, fantastic. So we've got one down, four to go. When his block is knocked off, uh, can we tell what race yeah, these, what are they? Uh, these, these cultists are? These are humans. You'll see their mouths have been sewn shut, and their noses are pierced. Like a, like a ring through the nose, or like one of those little studs with a little diamond on the side? Yeah, it's a big ring that goes through their nose, and then the piercing enters into their, their sewn shut mouth. That's horrible. Well, I've never been into a goth club before. This must be one charismatic leader for their followers to go mm. through so much of this bullshit. You've never been to this gothic <laughs> asshole? <laughs> now, it, that brings us to Caradactyl. Uh, I'm gonna shoot the uh, cultist closest to me, and I I rolled a seven, so I... Damn! I never learned to shoot this damn thing right. Sorry, guys. Should have told you I wasn't that good with this thing. Wasted turn. Kara uh, is so much less impressive than Rourke the Stork. (laughs) I have great stats! It's distracting with her thick-ass Marcel, but unaffected on the battlefield as of yet. My bosoms get in the way! (laughs) Now we have one of these acolytes, unimpressed by the attack shot at them, shall run forward, and he casts Sacred Flame upon Kara, and Kara will need to make a DC-12 dexterity saving throw to avoid the terrible three necrotic damage, because this is an evil Sacred Flame. And she meets I rolled it. a 12. She ma- meets it. Not today. She shimmies, shakes, oh and dodges her thick ASMR out of the way. And the sacred flame misses entirely, leaving Kara unscathed. Which brings us to the ever-heroic tiny mini tar. Yes. Bada Bingsley. That's right. I want to cast this spell, Fairy Fire. It has 60-foot range, and it creates like a 20-foot cube. Any possibility of incubing two of them at once. Do I need to move in order to pull that off, or... No, they're fully within range of you to do this. These guys got to roll a 13 dexterity saving throw, or all attacks against them will be at advantage. Oh, no. A waste of a spell. Bottom Bingsley tries to cast a spell that will make it easier for his <laughs> teammates, such as the uneffectual Kara, to hit their targets more easily. He gathers <laughs> his energy, casts a spell, and the two targets just dodge and remain unaffected. 
Me and Bada Bingsley will let you two handle this. Son of a biscuit. Can you use a bonus action after casting a spell or no? Yes. What are your bonus actions? Bardic inspiration. As a bonus action, a creature other than yourself within 60 feet that can hear you gains an inspiration die. 1d6 for 10 minutes. Fantastic. Who are you going to inspire with your bardic ways, Bada Bingsley? Well, to me, it looks like um, Kara right there is right in the thick of battle with another one, right? Mm-hmm. And and also whiffed on the first attack, too. So I I think my best bet might be to help Kara. Are you bringing out that guitar for me, Bada Bingsley? Okay. Yeah, I whiff with my spell, and then I and then I do a quick like little uh, ditty, you know. I like do a really fast like country song, just like I hope she can play, hope she can fight better than me. I hope she can fight better than me. <laughs> that made me feel a lot better. This motherfucker's going down. Kara Dactyl feels inspired by the brief country song directed at her, and she feels bolstered against ba- in battle against these enemies. Which brings us to one of these robed figures runs up at Rourke, this dork, and Eric shall cast Club. Uh, it does a 21 hit. Oof. Yeah. You take a whole one bludgeoning damage. One point? A, a minimum amount of damage. Next would be one of the acolytes, except Rourke has already dispatched of them. <laughs> nice. Way to dispatch, Rourke. Pubert T. Bubertson. Say it right. That's correct. Pubert T. Pubertson. Yeah, Pubert. <clears throat> Pubertson? Now your last name is, is also that a Pubert? a family name by chance? <laughs> yes, the Pubertson <laughs> that you've, you've heard of us. <laughs> Pubert rushes forward wielding his scimitar, his holy symbol dangling from the uh, hilt, and summoning up the vine burst uh, of energy, he unleashes a, what appears to be sort of like a divine squirt of poison. Gross. uh, This little uh, horrible bastard there. A divine squirt. That is going to be, actually, your Yon T pureblood racial ability poison Mm. spray. That is correct. Spray poison at this guy feigning that it has anything to do with your paladin power. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, DC 12. Or else take 6. Oh, oh man. These guys are shrugging us off. Unfortunately, at level 1, attacks are hard to land. You're feeling a little overwhelmed. Your poison spray that's tried and true did nothing to this acolyte. Well, there's more failure where that came from. When you say divine squirt, I have <laughs> picture him reaching into his lunch bag, pulling out a can of squirt and shaking it up. And Divine squirt. My holy lunch. It's pretty much like that, but I don't need the can. <laughs> and with that, another acolyte runs forward at... Or Rourke the fighter, the only effective member of the party. They only see one obstacle to this summoning. Is anyone else feeling like you're in a monologue (laughs) right now? Yeah, I think I think we're all feeling like shit right. Are we all like talking down to ourselves about that? I know. (laughs) Is anybody else's inner monologue just fucking like totally going ham on yourself? Yeah, mine is. Anybody wish they had rolled the fighter class? <laughs> I'm 
Plus that, I am so glad that Bada Bingsley, <laughs> that you and I were able to pick up Sarah Coker, gentlemen. <laughs> we got lucky with him. Um, this one is going to try to unleash an unholy flame at Rourke this dork. Good Make boy. a dexterity 12 saving throw. You got this, buddy. I made my roll. I saved. And Rourke, ever so proficient at all of his fighting abilities, takes one point of damage after two attacks, kills one person after two attacks from him. That brings it back up to the top. Rourke, you have two enemies in front of you. What will you do? I start playing a song like a, for a cheerleading, you know, for Rourke. Like, go, Rourke, you can do it. You can kill him. Do it, Rourke. Yay. B, Aarakocra. B, E, Aarakocra. <laughs> go, bananas. Go, go, bananas. Uh, but Pubert is here with me, right? I am, yeah, I'm like 10 feet away. Like trying yes. to take on these guys? I want to fly just five feet above, so I'm above these dudes, and I want to shoot a couple arrows at them. At level one, you only have one attack without oh, okay. a bonus attack. Yeah. Eleven, as sees only one person still casting, attempts to interrupt the summoning. He f- drops his long swords, whips out his long bow, pulls it back, aims true, flies up five feet, lets go of the arrow, but he feels a little too high off the ground and feels uncomfortable and... The arrow just whizzes right past the evil priest's head, doing not. No, Rourke, we're counting on you. We need you to finish this fight. <laughs> hey, this is how we're doing it, right, guys? You can do it, Rourke. Caradactyl, it is your turn. What can you do? You have some bardic inspiration from your beloved Bada Bingsley. Right. Yes. Let's see it in action. I'm going to shoot at the head of the cult leader. Now, something to note. Since you have an enemy right next to you, long-ranged attacks will be at disadvantage unless you take a step away. And if you take a step away, you'll get an attack made at you. Sugar, sugar, would you mind moving so I can shoot at y'all at the leader of your little religion there, sweetheart? Would you mind you just a little close? Would you mind just taking a little step to the right? You won't? All right, well, then I'm just going to stab this rude guy with a rapier. Where I come from, we treat ladies <laughs> with respect. And if a lady asks you to do something, I mean, your mother was a lady. Am I right? 20, yes. Oh, yeah. This is for manners. And I stab him in the chest. The 20 will hit, reducing this poor sewn mouth shut bloke by five hit points. And he looks pretty bad. He looks bloody. He doesn't look well. That next time a lady asks you to do something, you're going to get off your ass. <laughs> that brings us to the very bloke that you just poked. Listen, I said a lot of things I didn't mean. <laughs> In response, he's going to cast a little spell on himself as a bonus action. He is warded against attack. Until the spell ends, any creature who targets the warded creature with an attack or a harmful spell must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attack spell. So you're going to have to pass a wisdom saving throw in order to attack this guy again. He didn't like getting hurt. Is this so much easier than moving? You just could have (laughs) moved. However, that was only his bonus action, so now he will club you. Now he will club you. Ain't no baby seal. Mm-hmm. He swung wide with his attack. Not today. With his seven. Although he wants to win, he also sees <laughs> that thick Asimar body and that uh, deep V neckline 
showing those voluptuous bazooms, and he's distracted. Excuse me, excuse me, my cleavage is down here. <laughs> Using her assets to her Asimar advantage, she's Men able so to stupid. dissuade the attack with her good looks. Bada Bingsley, what can you do? Well, sir, I believe this bow still is in my line of sight before I can really attack the the summoner one. So mm-hmm. I think from where I'm at, I'm just going to shoot at it with my crossbow. All right. At the one that's kind of fighting my pal here. Bada Bingsley, go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw because this guy has sanctuary on him. You got to pass that 11. Unfortunately, that's just a little bit low. You're unable to attack this creature, but you can aim your attack at another creature. Okay. Can I shoot the summoner? Yes, you can reach the summoner. I'm going to shoot a crossbow. Hey, summon this! And then I shoot a crossbow. How about that? Rolled a natch 20, boys. With your critical strike at this summoner, it flies across this long, haunting hall and strikes the summoner right through their ribcage on the right. It's a damaging Mm. blow, a little bit distracting, but the spellcaster is in a deep trance and seems almost unaffected. He shot you. You act like he shot you, goddammit. (laughs) Show some respect, would you? (laughs) Unfortunately, for a critical hit, you rolled almost minimum damage. Fuck me. Hey, I just shot this son of a bitch and he's still summoning over. Hey. Uh, At this rate, it's the summoner's turn. They open their eyes for just a moment, hisses at you, frightens yourself, and says, You just wait, Bada Bingsley. Did you make introductions? Do you have a prior relationship with this gentleman, Bada Bingsley? Have we met? (laughs) How do you know me? Were you one of those bounties that I let go for a bunch of rocks? <laughs> Maybe you should have turned this one in, Bada Bangsley. You said it. It's because we're all wearing name tags. We forgot to say that up top. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's actually this Acolyte's turn. He saw his buddy Acolyte succeed in averting a strike by casting Sanctuary on himself, but is a little bit more about the cause, and he actually runs up to his boss... In leaving your realm of influence, Rourke, you're able to make an attack of opportunity on this acolyte. 18. An 18 will definitely hit, and this poor evil acolyte takes a good chunk of damage, is reduced to about half its standing health, but casts Sanctuary on his boss, the Sorcerer Summoner Priest, Pubert. All right, Pubert runs up to the uh, base of the uh, platform with the throne and the priestess. As he's uh, uh, running up, he uh, puts down his uh, scimitar and pulls out a javelin, levels it at the uh, sorceress or the priestess, and let's fly. You have to roll a saving throw to be a DC 12 against the sanctuary spell. Six. Unfortunately, you rolled a six. Your wisdom is not strong enough to keep your attack on this creature. However, you can aim it at another one of these acolytes. Oh, okay. I'll toss it at the guy next to me then. With that, you rolled a critical strike 
upon this poor acolyte next to you, you completely gut him. You go to throw it, but he's right there next to you. So instead of a throw, you jam it straight through his belly button and lift him up a little bit and drop him to the ground like Like you said, poor acolyte. This is Larry. He's actually got a trust fund. He's I've been un- undercover for a while. He's not that poor. <laughs> this is what he's chosen to do with his trust fund money? <laughs> <laughs> so when the acolyte died, the spell that he had cast on, him, on the priestess that he was concentrating on died with him. The priestess is no longer protected by sanctuary. The last acolyte on the turn order gets to go at this point. He's standing right next to Rourke. <laughs> Does he choose to give that eulogy? His mouth is showed shut, but he goes... You think that that is him eulogizing his friend, but he is simply trying to sacred flame you again. Please roll that dexterity saving throw, Rourke. Fourteen. Rourke has an attack of sacred flame cast upon him. Acolyte goes to release the spell, and right then, Rourke flaps his wings, raising his height back up to the ever-so-high five feet, just narrowly dodging the sacred flame. I like that Rourke doesn't rub his ability to fly on our face by going very high. (laughs) Which brings us to the very same Rourke, who is able to make his moves. Alright, I realize this opens me up to attack of opportunity, but I want to fly over to the main priestess and, and uh, so can I fly over there and do two sword attacks again? Yes, you can. And as you leave, you are right, you will get a club attack. Does a 12 hit you? Armor class 15. Does not hit you. So you get to fly away, fly away free and clear. So as I go to leave, the last acolyte swung at me with his club, but he whiffed because I am so fast. I'm just flying out of here about five feet off the ground. Make a beeline for the priestess, a sword in each hand, and I'm going to rain down a storm of blades upon her. Um, real quick, as you approach the steps, they're actually very, very tall. You're going to have to raise yourself up to get to the top of the platform by ten feet more than you already were. How does this make well, you feel? I go feel? up by each step. I'm above each step. It's just, <laughs> it's fine. Just don't look back to where you're 15 feet above the ground. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Unleash those that fury of blades, my friend. Not a natural 20. A 20 with modifiers and then an 18. So I got a 20 and an 18. You got a dirty 20. A dirty 20 and an 18. Rourke, flying high than ever before at 15 feet off the true ground. So brave. <laughs> that extra fear of flying high gave me some adrenaline and just really helped. <laughs> Unleashes two very effective strikes at the uh, priest, dealing a total of 13 damage. The priest does look quite wounded, feeling a little scared for her life at this point. Looks at you and smiles confidently in a way that is uh, not connected to the reality that you're seeing right now, which is you're kicking ass. Caradactyl, you have a sanctuaried acolyte in front of you. What do you do? Are you gonna move or not, sugar? I'm tired of asking. I'm Move your car! <laughs> I am going to, yeah, inspired by Rourke's courage to 
stand up and accept an opportunity attack. I'm going to just take a few steps over to the right. All right, well, then I'm going to move. Fine, you win this test of wheels. I got a boss. I got your boss to kill. (laughs) So I will take an opportunity attack. Okay. Does 14 hit your baby rogue AC? It does not. I have an AC of 15. Oh, dear. Very good job. And yes, folks, Damien was able to roll godly stats for Kara. I believe it included three 17s and a 16. It was pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, we're all going to be yeah. jealous. It hasn't shown yet on the battlefield, except for right now. <laughs> People underestimate me because I'm a woman, but uh, <laughs> I, I got some great stats, y'all. Great hips to match. Did I mention I can play the dulcimer? <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. Kara steps away from her foe, is able to dodge deftly, and unleashes an attack. I rolled a 12. You are too focused on dodging as you move away from your near foe, and you raise your crossbow up, and it's just not enough. You have this portal of energy fluctuating in front of you, distracting you, and your shot goes wide, leaving the priestess standing. I turned to Bada Pingsley. I, I didn't want to hit Rourke. I thought that would have been really rude for me to hit Rourke. Well, apparently your hips do lie. That was very thoughtful. It's supposed to be before you know if it hits or not, but don't forget about your uh, bardic inspiration for next time. You could use your one to six points of bardic inspiration. I keep forgetting that Bada Bingsley sung me that lovely little ditty. The acolyte is a little frustrated. He sees that he can't hit Kara, goes up to Bada Bingsley and tries to make an attack at Bada. Bada Bingsley, will you make a dexterity saving throw? Yes, you know I will. And you as well just barely dodge these. These guys just can't land uh, an attack for their life. Up top, down low, too slow. Hey, hey, you miss me. This is a battle of the weenies. You got some strong attacks from Rourke. Other than that, it's pretty rough. He had a good hit from Pubert T. Burbertson. But you look like you're doing well. Bada Bingsley, it's your turn. Yeah, I got a foe right in front of you. This acolyte's standing strong. What are you going to do? Hey, uh... Hey, Bada Bingsley, you got a healing spell? My back is getting sore from carrying this group. So, the guy that's right in front of me... That sounds bad, but I'm going to rapier this man. You you must rapier him. You go to attack this guy. You must roll a wisdom saving throw or else you have to attack someone else. You rolled a 15. Uh, good job. Bada Bingsley surpasses the sanctuary spell and is able to make his attack go through. 13 will hit Bada Bingsley. Do you want to flavor this one? Because it's going to take him out. Yeah. So as he moves to attack me, I kind of like holster my crossbow and pull out this rapier, which I guess looks like what, like a like a fencing sword? Sort Pretty of? much. Don't try it! Step back! I'll poke you with this stick! And then I poke him right through the neck. Oh, vicious rapiering of his, of his throat. I got you right in the throat there! Got him right in the throat. He gurgles and coughs and slumps to the ground and many assailants down. You've got two left. That's for being a pain in my neck. Yeah, he was. He wouldn't move for me earlier. He's stationary. Not a gentleman at all. You guys are starting to look pretty fantastic. The priestess looks at Rourke, raises her mm-hmm. dagger, and 
stabs it directly into her own chest. Oh, well, that's good. Falling oh, no. to the ground. We can go, y'all. <laughs> At that point, you see the blood run from her body down the stairs. Everybody make perception checks. Paper towels. We need paper towels. Grab a paper towel. <laughs> 13 on perception check. I rolled a 14. I th- that's better than average I can see right now. Hey, Rourke rolled a 10. Pubert rolled a zero. Oh, no. How do you even do that? Too busy focused on those paper towels. <laughs> oh, that's going to make a mess in the carpet. It's going to wow. make a mess in the carpet. He's literally like trying to scoop it up with his, with his boot. <laughs> if our parents see this, we are fucked. Pubert momentarily uh, slips back into his caretaker mentality of when he was... <laughs> undercover as part of this cult immediately starts to think about where the paper towels is and misses seeing that the blood from all of the downed foes flows towards the portal it begins (laughs) to stabilize more and more I want to take off one of my decorative scarves that I have on and I want to try to stop the blood soak it up (laughs) yeah I'm good Can I throw a bedroll down? (laughs) I absolutely love that. We leave our adventurers off this week with Bada Bingsley trying to unfurl his bedroll in order to sop up blood flowing towards the portal with Caradactyl using a fancy scarf to do the same. Hubert T. Undercover Paladin trying to scoop up the blood. And lastly, Rourke the Stork makes no attempt to stop the blood and instead readies himself for combat. Thank you so much, adventurers, for joining us. I hope you guys had a good time. With us, as always, so much fun. signing off first, we have Dave Callens. Where can people find you? Find me on Twitter or Instagram at Sharkodile. And also, I help run the awful D&D Twitter, so you can send us messages there. Very good. Caleb Cleveland, where can our lovely listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the TikToks at uh, Caleb is Drawing. Follow him. His stuff is very lovely. I love seeing all of his fan art and other drawings. Jesse Egan, where can people find you? You can find me in my living room, quarantined up, baby, wearing three masks at once. And uh, also at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media. Very good. And finally, Damien Mercado, where can people avoid you? <laughs> uh, if you want to avoid me, I would definitely recommend not checking out Science Faction. It's a comedy science podcast. We've been putting out three episodes a week lately. The last one's actually been very informative. It's all about recent research. It gets rid of all the bad science news reporting that you see out there. And it uh, focuses on COVID-19. I believe they're released Wednesdays. Never heard of it. The, the virus, oh yeah, it's big right now. It's big. And please check us out on Twitter, uh, at AwfulDND. I'm considering getting my own Twitter handle so you can reach me. I'm still weighing names, but I'm thinking about Caleb is drawing dicks. Already taken. <laughs> I checked it out. Fine. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. I've been your Damien master or game master, Clint Beicher. You can find me on the social medias at Clint Beicher. It's just my name. Nothing to fancy and listeners if you've enjoyed this adventure please subscribe like our podcast 
and review us five stars on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And please recommend us to all your friends who might not have anything else to listen to during these trying times. Thank you so much for joining us and see you next time. Hey y'all, Chud Bingsley here for the Awful Neutral Podcast. We want to give a shout out to some honorary members of Gertrude's Dudes, some fine folks who subscribe to Awful Neutral's Patreon and help us keep the lights on. I call them Chud's Buds, but round here they're family. Well dang it, that sounds like an Olive Garden commercial. Who wrote this? Anyway y'all, we'd like to thank Rick Turpin, better known as Braun Rick the Barbarian in Sastagarian circles, sent message to us through Hudson Hawk that he had our backs. If the posse's on our tail, he'll help us make bail. We thank you, Rick. Lindsay Taylor is a human name, but Lynn's Lord Taylor is the true elven name of this generous patron who was a supporter of light, learned of Gertrude's dude's fight against Lord Privilegington's might. And upon our flight, and later our imprisoned plight, Lindsay has been to the end of our tunnel of light. We thank ye. We want to give a very special howdy and thanks to Malleus Varmentum, aka Roy the Snake, a very strong veteran member of the Thieves Guild who has mentored our Lothario and has sent support in these trying times. Malleus also enthusiastically pestered our fearless dungeon master into finalizing the Patreon, and Damien wants to personally thank him for that. <laughs> As do I. Jessica Outbeer, or Chancellor Jessica Outbeer, is known to be a close cousin to Malice and Kill, and is a Goliath supporter of Gertrude's dudes, pledging to help keep her airships outfitted with the latest in pirate repelling armaments of all kinds. Gonk and Mal and the rest of the crew are sure are grateful, and we thank you. Lynette DeBell, known as Lady Lena Theobella, the tabaxi cleric who heard that one of her own had his entire order leave him behind, in quotes. So she sent word that she's helping in the investigation of why they all bailed on the Q-Man. And he sure will be appreciative of that when he stops batting around a small ball of yarn that I gave him. Rebecca Throop, or better known in the tongue of the winged folk, the Aarakocra, as Rebecca Swoop Throop. That's how all bird folks' names sound, by the way. Hudson Hawk's real name in Hawkeys is Call Crash Dang It Hawk. So thanks so much for flying into the rescue, Rebecca. We sure appreciate your support. Jay Baker. Oh, the great druid furball master, J.R.R. Baker, great uncle to Chud, that's me, still supported him to the Furball Village Council after Chud was driven from town. You're probably wondering why old Chud was driven out. Hey, listen, I shot the sheriff's son, but I did not kill the deputy's son. 
you know that song. Anywho, when I was on the run, only J.R.R. Baker had your boy's backside, and I'll forever be in your debt, my friend. Chris Waltrip, known in Sastagaria as Archbishop Christopher, the Falcon of the Citadel, patron of the arts and an early proponent of the new cultural movement towards enlightenment, Christopher is no ally of the tyrannical and criminal Lord Privilegington and has supported resistance to his reign. Christopher remains a beacon of goodness within the tumultuous and often corrupt society. He recently sent word that he's pardoned Gonk of his unjust conviction of piracy and has blessed the party's quest to liberate the land from Lord Priv. In my travels, I've found there are few like the Archbishop, a man of true goodness, who I would have faith in when belief in lesser men is tested. Cason Escobedo is the name our pal goes by when in human disguise, but in the forest of the unbearables, this ally is known as Jukumari, the spectacled bear, also known as the Andean short-faced mountain bear and close friend to our own bamboo bigelow. For our next honey heist, Jukumare has pledged their support by sending the party an everlasting honey gobstopper to keep our group of bear adventurers from becoming hopeless criminals. And we thank you, Matthew R., or as Flip Dimpleton calls him, Matty Rescue, his next door neighbor and new initiate to the Conspiracy Theorist Club. Matty is one of Flip's childhood pals, and once he heard about the Kids on Bikes quest to explore the mysterious teepee at the center of Oboyono, Texas, he joined the club and has started working tirelessly to research all unexplained phenomena. And when I say research, I mean he reads all the tabloids of the 90s and lets us know where the aliens and Elvis and Bigfoot have shown up lately. Many thanks, Matty Rescue! Torso full of bees. Well, Chud's Buds wouldn't be complete without the great mage Torso Full of Bees, a powerful sorcerer also known as Torsius Melifera, who has the ability to release a huge swarm of killer bees from inside his chest. He's like a walking hive, y'all. Torsius also has an enchanted pen, allowing his drawings to spring to life. Torso has begun transcribing the adventures of the G-Dudes, in a compendium of magical histories, and his illustrations of our characters has become both legendary and definitive. We can't thank you enough for helping our deeds to be transcribed in such a beautiful visual way. You are truly magical, Torso! We love all our Patreon subscribers. Chuds Buds, we couldn't do this without y'all. Thanks for supporting Awful Neutral. Tell all your friends to check us out and interact with us on social media at Awful D&D. Hudson Hawk uses Twitter a lot. Happy trails, y'all.